Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to have Daniel on with us, so I've got to get my prayer and my opening out of the way, and we'll bring him on. There's lots of things to talk about. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and give thanks to you for all the blessings you have given us and for being the God that you are, the great I Am, the creator of all life. And, Father, we thank you for your forgiveness. Father, we thank you for all the things you provide for us in this world and all the natural resources. And may we be good and wise stewards of all these things. Father, there's much going on, and you know that we're having, <laughs> we're having to leave our comfort zone and to stand up to protect freedom, to protect liberty in this nation protect common sense, and to bring this nation back to you. Guide us, Father, as we do this. Give us boldness and courage and wisdom. And, Father, I pray for your blessings on today's show and on Power of the Future and Daniel as he strives to be an advocate for rural America, for those in the energy industry that are suffering, that are trying to to provide for the masses and <laughs> have doors slammed in their faces every step of the way. Give him strength and boldness, Father, and wisdom. It is for such a time as this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, sometimes it feels like a heavy burden. There's a heavy burden sometimes, isn't there? It seems no matter the crisis, Americans are to blame, and Americans will be, they will pay. A world pandemic was unleashed by the Chinese lab in Wuhan, apparently thanks to the mad scientist Fauci, and he he is the father of false information, a.k.a. a liar. Americans paid for it. That just really tears me. I don't know about you. (laughs) A virus. COVID-19 to some, China virus to others, Fauci flu to yet others. Millions have died and been afflicted around the globe. However, Fauci nor China will be punished by this administration. Just the people, the innocent people, the hardworking Americans will be pandemically punished. Forced masking, forced vaccines, lockdowns, lost jobs, our children's education stopped. Actually, I think it was kind of revealed. No, they aren't following the science, though. They're following what will bring more power and more control. Those who caused this have benefited and profited the most. And then there's climate change, the existential threat. Ah, yes. It's making many of them existentially rich. First, it is false. 
Yet there are many around the globe, the mega corporations, the governments, the educational institutions, all worshiping the earth and pointing again at mankind for making it dirty. Yeah, there was time that I think we did. But since those dark ages, we have risen above with the science and the entrepreneurs. And America has cleaned up our act. But remember... CO2 is good for you. It is in all life forms, and without CO2, there is no life. Yet AOC and the climate change worshippers are determined to bring our CO2 to zero. Well, AOC is an arrogant fool, a hypocrite, and a liar. Did you see her in her expensive dress tax the rich camp uh, rally they were having or dinner or fundraiser? It was only $30,000 a plate. Yeah, she's a fool. But she seems to be fooling many Americans and making fools out of us all. New York, will you never learn? So, their made-up crisis becomes a burden. The average, not the rich, will be forced to carry and pay for. Again, who will benefit? China. Yep, and the wealthy. Their arrogance and the fact that China and America's elite benefit is the most, is a smoke signal to you that you should be aware. Trouble is coming. Where there's smoke, there's fire. No, I'm not talking about the forest fires. That's from the incompetent government <laughs> caused that. Their incompetence is yet another burden on the Americans. Go green, they say. Stop driving your cars. Turn the thermostat up in the summer, down in the winter. Layer your clothes. No burning wood. Stop the mining of fossil fuel. On and on it goes. California went green, and it went dark. Well, in some places, they have lots of brownouts. California is in a big election today, too. Will they recall Gavin Newsom, the rich and the arrogant dictator of the West Coast state? If they could get around all the cheating, I believe he will be history. Yesterday, Daniel tweeted this, and we caught it. California will build five natural gas plants to avoid blackouts. The Golden State is realizing just how unreliable their green energy is. Daniel, welcome back to CSC Talk Radio. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm great, and thanks for having me on. Always good to be with you. Well, we like having you here. We appreciate you, all that you do so very much. Um, I'm not sure what's uh, on your heart today, but I, I noticed that tweet yesterday, and we're all watching California today, and I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, and I appreciate you reading that tweet because um, I think it's very interesting. If, if you are the state of California, you've been pushing this green energy for for almost two decades now, and and I've said a million times on your program, I have nothing opposed to green energy. Of course, I don't like the subsidies. I don't think we should have to subsidize anything. Um, but I have no problem with the technology behind it. But there is a fact that it doesn't seem to work. And, <laughs> and, and so <laughs> they're building natural gas plants because they can't keep their electric grid stable. And, and California is the biggest uh, economic driver of the country. It's the biggest uh, economic state in the nation. It's the most economically diverse. It's it's the powerhouse of America to a certain extent, and it's become a failing state on so many levels, education, immigration, uh, right, crime, et cetera. 
but but at the core of all of its failures is that it cannot keep the lights on for all of its citizens. Um, and and so finally, the governor maybe because he realizes he's in that tight recall, as you mentioned, <laughs> maybe he realizes he's trying to keep his job. But it's amazing to see that they're going back to what works and and natural gas and coal and oil work. You can hate them, you can dislike them, but they work. And, and they're and efficient. That is what powers the country. And they are efficient. And we have cleaned up our air. We have cleaned up things. And California is not only going dark and having brownouts, they've got a terrible drought. And um, they're and that's because of many of the the regulations that they put on the water. I mean, that's not why it's not raining, but that's why they haven't got the water to to irrigate and do other things. Yeah, exactly. And and the, the frustrating thing about the brownouts is that, um, of, of course, you never want to see people suffer, and and, and yeah. it is uh, very unfortunate that this is a man-made problem. Right? Government started this. Government is the cause of it. Um, and only, sadly, government can resolve it. Um, but, but when this problem is inflicted, look at who it is hitting. It is not hitting the rich and the powerful. You know if the Kardashians had their power turned out, they would be all over social media. Or they probably have a backup generator. Maybe they have <laughs> had their power turned out, but they probably have backup generators. But what are people? Yeah, they have redundancies. But the average folks... They're the ones getting left in the dark. And those backup, those backup uh, generators, they're not run by electricity or windmills. <laughs> no, I guess. no, they are not. <laughs> if you're listening to CSC Talk Radio, I hear the music. We're going into a break, and when we will be, and <laughs> and we will be right back. Thank you. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot heart, set your table with Liberty, the new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes are American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is an art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message, liberty for all and we love America. Order your set now and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive a discount. LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. 
The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rule America is the heart of production in this nation, our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in Rule America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, Rule America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. To listening to CSC Talk Radio, this is Beth Ann with Daniel Turner of Power of the Future. Visit his website, powerthefuture.com. That's just real simple, powerthefuture.com. All kinds of articles and information there. He does a great, great job. He appears on many well-known uh, talk shows and uh, TV talk shows as well. And uh, we appreciate all that you do, uh, Daniel. I noticed that uh, California isn't the only one that's feeling the pinch. You've got an article. On your website about uh, New Mexico having a little problem. Yeah, you know, sadly, uh, New Mexico it seems to be about four or five years behind the curve of California. As California is <laughs> always the leader, right? Everyone they go first, <laughs> yeah. and then everyone In fashion and everything. <laughs> exactly, and then they just say, "Let's let's fail," but California is failing, and and then yeah, and sadly, New Mexico has followed that same. Uh, that same path, and again, it, it is it is government thinking. It is it is big government top down thinking that isn't based in anything other than politics. Politicians say we're New Mexico. It's the desert. It's sunny. Solar should work. So let's close down our coal plants. New Mexico has closed several coal plants in the last decade. Um, uh, let's prohibit other uh, things like like nuclear. Um, and we're going to go solar. And then what happens is they don't generate enough capacity for the electric grid to run, and so they end up buying it from other states. But the curious thing about New Mexico and even California is they buy a lot of their Mexico, their 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 uh, neighbor their, their neighboring states provides a lot of their energy. So they buy from Arizona. Um, California buys an awful lot of coal power from Oregon and from uh, Nevada. 
Um, and a lot of these states have to do that. And so they get away from the, oh, well, we don't allow this in our state. We don't allow coal. Well, maybe <laughs> on paper you don't. But if you're buying coal, one of the best examples, which I've, I've probably said before in your show, is, is um, the great state of Vermont where Bernie Sanders talks about how they have a ban on fracking and they have a ban on coal. And you say, well, there's nothing to frack, so congrats on your ban on fracking. I also have a ban on fracking on my farm, uh, but there's nothing to frack. Um, and you buy coal from Canada. So, so yes, maybe you don't have a coal plant, but you just cross the border into Canada, and there's the coal plant, and they're charging you a premium for their electricity. Um, but somehow this is considered a success. Um, New Mexico is doing that. California is doing that. Um, my home state of New York um, sadly does that as well. And it's just pure political stupidity, and it just punishes people and it punishes the economy. Oh, absolutely. And it's just arrogant to say that they don't use it or they, they've banned it. Well, you've banned it there, but uh, somebody else is going to sell it to you. That's the way it has to be. You know, when uh, Texas um, had a little problem last winter, <laughs> and uh, they we sent uh, Missouri electricity down there to them, energy, from uh, the great dam down in uh, Lake of the Ozarks. So, you know, we can come to each other's rescue, but to say you've banned it and and just brag about it, I think, is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on, over the weekend, I had a great conversation with a friend who's um, much greener than I am, and, and uh, but still a good friend. And we were talking about these very issues, and we came to the understanding that I said, look, we, what we're dealing with is the world of trade-offs. want to get into whether or not the climate change is real, whether or not mankind is causing it. Let's just brush all of that aside. We have to be in the world of trade-offs. If we're going to push this green agenda, this is what it's going to mean. And people need to know that. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be uh, unreliable. It's going to require an awful lot of rare earth mining and minerals. And where do we get those rare earths from? Well, right now, 95% of them come from China, right? So those are the trade-offs. If you want to push in that direction, and, and we clearly have an administration in power that wants that, um, then the people just need to know that this is what they should expect. Whereas I say, well, the trade-offs are, okay, you're telling me the sea levels have risen seven inches since the year 1800 and the global temperature is 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit warmer since the year 1800? I think that's a trade-off I'm willing to have when you look at prosperity, when you look at freedom, when you look at infant mortality rate, right, when you look at just the vast majority of people who have moved out of poverty, and they have because of reliable, abundant fossil fuels, which has allowed them to build factories and to build businesses and to build railroads, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the world of trade-offs. Which way do you want to go? But let's just have an honest conversation about what the trade-offs entail. I just wish we could have that on a national level the way I did with my friend on Saturday, but that never seems to happen in politics, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. And, you know, it goes so much deeper. I know you know that. We've talked about it before. But it's it's not just about flipping the lights on and off. It's everything. Um, right now we have um, a lot of empty shelves 
in the grocery stores and in other stores. Yeah. So you're talking about food. What do the farmers use? They're, those tractors don't take great big, huge, humongous batteries and electricity. They can't plug them in somewhere. That's not going to happen, and it's not efficient. No. So we've got to have the fossil fuel to uh, to bring in our food, to harvest the land. And and uh, if they want to go hungry, if they want to stop it here, we got to buy it somewhere else in that place we're buying it from. <laughs> They're not using electric tractors either. I mean, it's just crazy to think you can do that, and it's crazy to think you can go zero CO2. Yeah, and and that's one of the frustrating things with this conversation that we have about renewable energy and green technology is is the, the proponents say, once we do this, we will no longer need fossil fuels. But only about 30% of the fossil fuel use goes towards electricity production. Um, a lot of it goes towards other things, right. and are we going to talk about giving up those other things? So, for example, oil, yes, about 30% of it does go towards transportation, but 70% of it goes towards whether it's uh, home heating or whether it's even just petrochemicals, which are hundreds, they're innumerable, the, 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 literally the tens of millions of products. Just look around your office. Your and then what right about all the plastic stuff we have? Exactly. And so how do we move away from that? We, and as of right now, we don't. Um, another fun fact, we don't know how to make certain products without coal because nothing forges at the temperature of coal. I was even watching on Sunday. You know, sometimes you flip the channel and you get stuck on PBS and there's a little series about, like, local artists. And I was watching local glass blowers out, out nearby and it's a whole take a glass blowing class and I thought it was pretty cool and I'm watching them and they all have pink hair and I'm sure they're you know artsy so they're probably progressive <laughs> but they talked about blowing glass at the temperature of 3000 degrees and I thought do you know what is getting your kiln to 3000 degrees right it, it it's not a battery i can guarantee you it's not not a battery <laughs> there are things we don't know how to make without the heat of coal most first and foremost is steel we don't mm -hmm. we've been trying literally since almost the time of of the carnegies we've been trying to use carbon free steel because one of the biggest expenses was buying all the coal to make the heat to generate the heat to, to melt the steel uh, they've been trying for a while to find ways, and they can't. So if we get rid of coal, well, are we getting rid of steel? Again, these are just the logical conclusions of of this agenda, but we never have this conversation. We have both sides of the aisle are just hammered into their position, but we also have a president who's like, we don't need fossil fuels anymore, and people applaud, and you say, that's just yeah. ignorant, or it's it's or it's politically uh, it's it's deliberately deceitful. It is deceitful. ignorant can be taught, but the deceitful have to be uh, stopped. The glass blowing is fascinating to watch, and they do that. It's a maybe many have heard of it, and maybe they haven't. It's a place in Branson, Missouri, called. In fact, it's what made Branson big, Silver Dollar City, and in that Silver Dollar City amusement park, so to speak. Well, they have rides and stuff, too, but they show how things used to be done, and they have the old-time glass blowers there. And uh, I have a swan from that that I bought when we took my kids there when they were little, 
No, actually, I bought that uh, before then, and I gave it to my mother, and I have since inherited it back. But that's where I got it, was the glass blowers. It's fascinating to watch how they do it. But, yeah, they don't heat that up with electricity. <laughs> and it is hot. <laughs> it is no, hot. <laughs> but it is fascinating to watch them. And uh, they even show how they used to make bullets, how they used to make uh, the little pellets and stuff. And it's it's just fascinating to see how things used to be done and how it's done now even more efficiently. We don't we yeah. don't blow the cur jars or the ball jars when we're canning our to, that we used to can our food with, but they do need heat to make the glass. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Daniel Turner of Power of the Future. Visit his website, powerofthefuture.com, or go to my website and click on the little icon there that's got the big lightning bolt on it, powerofthefuture.com. Daniel and Beth Ann will be right back. We have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Daniel Turner of Power of the Future. Visit his website. Help him out. Send a donation. <laughs> they uh, need all the help they can get. It's been crazy. And this uh, this administration is really, they've really put the war on uh, fossil fuel, haven't they? Very, very much so. Um, and, and we can see it reflected in prices. Um, Absolutely. Part of the driver of, of, of oil prices is, and, and the only thing keeping it at $70 a barrel, oil prices would be much higher. The only reason why it's not worse is because of, of, uh, just fear of the Delta variant. Economy is not fully reopened. People are not fully back to work or back to school. Um, but if we were in a full robust economy, I think oil would be closer to $100 a barrel. The reason why is because we have a supply problem. Um, mm-hmm. we've, we've cut off supply. We've cut off um, some some permitting on federal lands. Now, a federal judge a couple weeks ago issued an order that they renew the oil and gas leasing permitting process, saying it was unconstitutional to shut it down. It's the role of the government to do this. Um, and the administration just said no. And the Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, said um, we will comply with the judge's order, but, but the pause will continue and everyone kind of said okay so, so how, how is that complying judges are how is that complying i have no idea uh, well i have no idea and, and, and i guess to enforce that would be the administration as they're the enforcers of the law um but they like the fact that they don't have to enforce it because they don't want to and so yeah. Um, yeah, we have a huge supply problem that is only going to get worse, especially as we get into the winter, um, and as the economy, God willing, continues to improve and people get back to work. Well, they're enforcers of the laws, but they're not the maker of the laws. No. And that seems to be a big problem. In the last many administrations, we've we've been dictated to by executive orders, and uh, you know the. The executive branch is supposed to enforce the laws, and it's Congress that's supposed to make the laws. And they're not, Congress is just messing around all the time, and the ones in the executive branch are trying to uh, make laws by executive order. 
And that's not yeah, the way it was meant to be. But that's that's a topic for another show. But it just irks me when. <laughs> you know, absolutely. The, the the great governor of Florida was not long ago on on uh, talking to the press, and he was asked about a lot of these rules and mandates, and he said philosophically, he said, "My role as the governor is to protect individual rights." He said, "My mm-hmm. role is not to protect corporate rights. It's not to protect yeah. uh, school boards. My my job is to protect." individuals, people's rights and freedoms from people that try to infringe on it, be it corporations, be it a school board, anyone else. And and I knew that comment flew over the head of probably most Democrats and sadly a lot of Republicans, that that is the role of the governor. The role of the governor is to protect you from people who would do you harm. It's not to protect you, to provide for you, to uh, and you hear most politicians, even Republicans, when I am elected, I will fight for you to provide. I will make sure that your kids, no, no, no. I don't want you to do any of those things. Yes, I want you to stop. keep other people from hurting me and leave me the heck alone. That's what I want yes, you to absolutely. do. Well, it's all about the collective and the community rather than the individual. That's where we've gone. That's what democracy is, and that's what they keep screaming is democracy instead of a republic. A republic protects the individual rights. I saw a flag just a little off topic here when you mentioned uh, Florida's governor, DeSantis. We saw a flag down at the Lake of the Ozarks. We're going to get you down there. As soon as you get to Missouri, we're going to get you down there. Anyway, they have all kinds of Trump flags and everything flying and regular United States flags. And this flag said, Make America Florida again. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Make America Florida. So uh, everybody recognizes that he has been the governor for freedom. Yeah, without a doubt. And and, and that is the, the, the sad part of the government that starts losing its perspective, um, it does create a soft comfort level of, of care, which is never going to go away, right? That was part of the concern we had with, with the Obamacare rule going back, what was this, almost 16 years ago? Uh, uh, once you start giving things for free, people expect them for free, and then you can never get them off of that level of government dependence. And it is a slow and slippery slope. But but sadly, you look at even polling numbers, the amount of Americans who think that Biden's national vaccine mandate is good. Um, they, they, the people who think national uh, nationalized health care is good. People ultimately, if you allow them, I think will choose what is easier and softer, um, and they'll disguise it as kindness or they'll disguise it as Christianity, um, but we always have to fight against those slippery slopes towards socialism because it is it is not good for human nature. It is not good for our country, let alone for our pocketbooks, that's for sure. And I mentioned Obamacare quickly, and it's funny how you see the people now saying if you are unvaccinated, you don't deserve to be treated by a doctor. Yeah. Um, but they're the same people who told us health care was a right. And they told us health care was such a human right that the government had to provide it for free. Good point. Great point. That's a great point. So it's very strange how that human right now, and that's what happens when you put government in charge. If the government were in charge of your health care, now the government can decide we're not going to treat you because you're unvaccinated. Or 
1939, we're not going to treat you because you're Jewish. What's the difference? The difference is the government decides who treats you, whereas in the private sector, it's the doctor who decides to treat you. And if a doctor says, I don't want to treat that patient, well, you know what? In America, you have lots of other doctors to go to. That's right. When the government makes those decisions, the government can disenfranchise whole groups of people, and that we have to be very, very afraid of. You know, it's um, the pandemic. I mean, this virus is to be respected. I don't believe in fearing it. Um, but it has taken many lives. And, uh, you know, it's it's still a personal uh, decision on your health care, whether you take the jab or don't take the jab, as they call it. And I don't think it should be mandated any more than anything else. And they say, well, it's the same as smallpox. Well, it's not the same as smallpox, because smallpox went through years and years and years of study before they actually brought it through and gave it approval. Uh, it's not the same thing. And we have seen some problems with the vaccine, and, and but we've also seen deaths. And it's got to be the personal decision of whoever has decided to take the vaccination or not take the vaccination. I have both in my family. Both. And I, I don't... I don't feel bad about anybody. If they want to take it, fine. If they don't, fine. I'm good with that. It's fair to say. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to be around them either. And 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 we have to stop the logical problems that we're, that we're seeing coming out of this administration and out of government in general when they say, as the president said, we have to protect the un, the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. <laughs> That's well, ridiculous. Logically, the deduction of that is the vaccinated are at risk. But if the vaccine doesn't prevent them from the unvaccinated, then the vaccine is not working. This is just logical steps of deduction of the deductive process. But then if you say, well, the vaccine doesn't work, you're kicked off Facebook and Twitter and social media for being anti-science, and so you can't say that. But the government is saying that. If Joe Biden is saying we need to protect the the vaccinated from the unvaccinated, well, I thought the vaccine did that. So, again, like we were talking about with energy early on in the show, these are just the questions we should be able to have without passion and emotion and anger. Um, but we don't seem to be able to have those conversations right now. So you just blindly say, okay, I need to get the vaccine because I'm a risk to the vaccinated, even though in your head you're like, this doesn't seem to be making any sense, does it? It doesn't make sense. Well, and those who have have <laughs> recuperated, those who... who uh we're survivors of the COVID. They've got antibodies. And, you know, I've heard many, many doctors say that is better than the vaccine. Well, you don't know how long it lasts. They don't know how long the vaccine lasts. And they know the vaccine doesn't necessarily keep you from getting it. It keeps you from getting as sick if you do get it. And a lot of the unvaxxed are catching COVID from the vaxxed because they can have it and not know they've got it. Of course, it seems like that's been the case with a lot of people. I hear the music read into a break. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann and Daniel Turner. You know, power is everything that we deal with. And we will be right back. As a 
the business owner, when was the last time you asked yourself if you have the right commercial insurance coverage? You need business insurance to protect everything you're building. One disaster without the right insurance could hurt your business, and larger deals you're trying to close may require that you have it. We recommend CoverWallet for all your business insurance needs. In just two minutes, with their award-winning technology, they can offer you free competitive quotes from top insurance carriers nationwide. CoverWallet has helped tens of thousands of businesses, startups, restaurants, truckers, construction companies, landscaping companies, beauty salons, consultants, and they can help you. No business is too big or too small. And it's a free call to find out. Protect your business. Get the right insurance for your business. Call CoverWallet right now. 800-220-7612. 800-220-7612. That's 800-220-7612. Are you a person who lacks energy, gets sick often, maybe you're overweight, or just don't feel up to par? You're probably lacking a significant amount of minerals. Try Immuno 150, a comprehensive and powerful antioxidant supplement that contains 70 plant trace minerals and 80 well-tested synchronized nutrients. 150 in all. If you want to improve your health and, and strengthen your immune system, Immuno 150 may be the answer. Visit the website immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. Or, for more information or to place an order, call 888-316-2224. That's 888-316-2224. I urge you to try Immuno 150 if you want to improve your immune system. Hi, this is Beth Ann. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt so soft in the store, but then when you got it home and tried to use it, it wasn't absorbent at all? That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually will dry you. They're debuting the MyPillow six-piece towel set that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now you can buy one and get one free with the promo code BETHAN. Go to MyPillow.com now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty with their 60-day money-back guarantee. To get your buy one, get one free MyPillow towel set, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and enter promo code BETHAN, or call 818-978-6168. That's MyPillow.com, and the promo code is Bethann. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, is the keynote speaker for VK Foundation's Kansas City Pro-Life event. Holtis had the honor of announcing the last two Super Bowls and is the longest tenured and most decorated play-by-play voice in franchise history. In 2020, Mitch was named the Missouri Sportscaster of the Year, his eighth time receiving this prestigious award. His work has been featured on both ESPN and Fox Sports, and he has won three Emmys from the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. Today, Mitch uses his voice to defend life and inspire others to do the same. Holtis supports Vitae's pro-woman approach, which effectively reaches women facing unplanned pregnancies with life-saving resources. 
see Mitch Holtz at 7 p.m. on Friday, September 24th at the Sheraton Overland Park Hotel in Overland Park, Kansas at VK Foundation's annual Kansas City Pro-Life event. That's Mitch Holtz on September 24th in Overland Park, Kansas. Register today at adsforlife.org. That's adsforlife.org. And we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're in the final segment of today's show. It's always the fastest hour of the day, especially when we have Daniel on. We have so much fun with you, Daniel. We appreciate I guess it's because we agree almost everything, so it's a lot of fun to, to have you on. Um, but I'm going to kind of turn this over to you because I know you have a message, and, uh, you know, it's it's getting critical. And uh, I am very, very concerned about this nation in so many so many directions are are very concerning right now, but I'm going to kind of turn it over to you for this for this segment. Well, thank you, and it's always great to be on on your show. Um, the thing I'm, that's really preoccupying a lot of my time is uh, this 3.5 trillion dollar spending bill, which mm-hmm. really no one knows what is in it yet. Um, it's going to be like most legislation where you have to pass it to know what's in it. Um, all we know for, for certain is that it does con- contain an awful lot of green provisions. Um, and, and again, once these things are legislated, uh, they're very hard to get rid of. The, the huge subsidies for the green industry, subsidies for the electric vehicle industry, um, wind, solar, it's, it's definitely uh, technology that we need and then all of the above energy solution. Um, and, and it's great to see that you taking off, um, but they have to take off at the speed of science and the speed of truth and not the speed of government. And what I am afraid is going to happen is we're going to have these enormous government mandates um, in these spaces uh, to produce, well, as Joe Biden has said, the 50% of our electricity from green technology by the year 2030, and then all of it by the year 2050. And those are bizarrely radical proposals that they're, they're not possible is really just creating a problem for for future presidents to tackle um, but as is the, this the common practice in the green movement um, they advance by destroying and so oh, wow. we're not going to see wind and solar come online and make it work and then see if it is enough on its own before we shut things down. They begin with shutting things down. As we see, we talked about California. We begin by shutting down coal plants. We begin by shutting down nuclear plants. Um, and then we try to play catch up with a technology that doesn't work. And so we double down on the technology and triple down on the technology. Um, someone's going to make an awful lot of money with the wind and solar provisions coming out of this, whether it's through uh, the companies that actually manufacture them, like I said, 75% of those are made in China, um, or it's the companies that install them, and they will be American workers, and we celebrate American workers, um, um, government-mandated government workers, but, uh, but, but still American workers. Um, the land people are poised to make an awful lot of money because we, we have an administration that does not allow federal access to hundreds of millions of acres, 250 million acres is controlled by the federal government. And there wasn't will that be? Yeah, exactly. Will that be available for wind and solar farms, or will we just 
buy it from private land or will we confiscate it from private land? Um, you know, how, we're going to need millions of acres of wind and solar and, and very, very close to cities. One of the problems with electricity, unlike something uh, like a liquid um, or even a gas, is that it does it, over transmission, it loses its intensity, right? You can run gas and oil and water pipelines for miles um, without, quote-unquote, leaks. But you can't run electric cables from hundreds of miles without right. electricity dissipating. And so that's why, if you look at your cities, a lot of your electric production is right in the heart of the city. It has to be because you can't put it 50 miles outside of the city because it doesn't it, it's lost in, transmi- in transmission. So these wind and solar farms have to be very close to the city. Well, I grew up in New York, as you know, I talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know where there are millions of, of available acres to build a wind and solar farm near New York City. I guess it's New Jersey. I guess we just bulldoze everything and we just take <laughs> New Jersey. Um, even if we all put solar panels on our roofs, it's not nearly enough electric generation. If we build every green building with solar panels, it's not nearly enough electricity generation. So, again, these are just common problems that we don't ever seem to discuss. We just talk about um, getting the past and getting it into law, and then we'll figure out the details later. But the details are where we have price problems and, most importantly, freedom problems, and that's where we have to fight is in the details. You know, and it's like you said at the beginning, you're not against the alternative. We're not against green energy. We're against forcing it. It's not it's not ready yet. Maybe we'll maybe it'll never ever be efficient. And I kind of assume that's probably the case, as is our fossil fuel. Maybe it'll never be there. But it could be an alternative. It could be, you know, something to to help generate to instead of using a hundred percent of this, you could use part of it. But that's not what they want. They want to completely do away with the one and bring the other in and it's going to be totally inefficient and unaffordable. And, yeah. uh, and that's what we're against. We're not against trying new things. I mean America's no. good and, at that. <laughs> and you look at a country that takes its infrastructure and its economy very, very serious and that is China. Um and they take it serious to much to our threat. Um, but they build coal plants at the rate of, of um, one or two basically per month. They realize they have to power a very large country with a billion, four hundred million people. Um, they are very aggressively bringing all the world's manufacturing to their country. Um, and so they need huge uh, plants, which require a lot of electricity. And what are they doing is they're building coal plants. Why? Because coal works. Um, now, they're not building them with good technology. They're not building them with any sort of scrubbers because the scrubbers actually do exist. All modern countries have them, but not China. Um, they don't care about the environment. They care no. about producing electricity. Um, China also gets a lot of accolades because they are pushing electric vehicles, and people say this is because they care about the earth. No, yeah. it's because it China doesn't have any oil. So they, they, they have to import 20 million barrels of oil a day and they realize it is a huge vulnerability because maybe one day America and all the world will say, well, let's not sell them any more oil, and we could bankrupt them into oblivion, as we should, because they're an evil country. But we don't. We still sell them oil, 
and but they know it's a vulnerability and they don't want to have to import oil so they are doing two things they're building a pipeline all the way to Pakistan and they're building it through an area that is full of Uyghurs and that's why we have these huge concentration camps because the Uyghurs don't want the pipeline um, and they are building electric car plants because they have a lot of coal and they have a lot of electricity and so China is smart right they're they're, they're they understand they all believe the in capitalism. The trade-offs. Yeah. <laughs> they believe in capitalism, and they're going to capitalize on the rest of us who are going green and, and ignorant. And uh, there's one thing I, I've, I've said throughout this pandemic that we've had is, as we, it's getting better now because there's a lot of people. In fact, it's getting almost towards. Uh, uh, disgusting because they're throwing their masks on the ground instead of pitching them in the waste can. But um, America was looking like China looks all the time because they wear masks all the time because their air is absolutely filthy. I had a son over there for a mission trip uh, and uh, they wouldn't let their three-year-old even go out because it was so bad. That's how bad it is over there. They're not, they don't care about the environment. Hey, we're out of time, Daniel. Thank you so much. Powerthefuture.com. Donate to what Daniel's doing, and let's bring America home. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate, and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch, and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads, a divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is, again, the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Radley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com to begin that restoration.